Welcome to another episode of the Average Joe's MMA show. Jeff Shanahan and Ryan Dempsey. Hi, Ryan. How's it going tonight, Jeff? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm sitting back here. I have my little glass of champagne, my little piece of cake, and I'm just celebrating one wonderful year with you. Yeah, it is a special night because it is officially your one-year anniversary as part of the Average Joe's MMA show. Yeah, that's right. I've, uh, I know a full-fledged Joe and not a full-fledged joke. <laughs> take that however you want to take it, listeners. <laughs> yeah, a year ago, officially today, we had Ryan on for the first time to do an interview. And he stuck around. For hey. God knows what reason. <laughs> the train wrecks were few and far between, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been it's been a, uh, a fun year. It's been good to have a, a, a third perspective again on the show. You, well, it was fun to have a third perspective. Well, it was. I mean, yeah, we know. We... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that, I mean, we don't even need to go. Nah. It's... Uh, quickly, though, I do want to just give a quick thanks to... Uh, Everyone who did uh, listen to that show the other night and let us get our side of the story out there, just let it be known that we weren't the ones at fault. There was a lot of different, uh, a lot of different cards at play, and uh, thanks for all the positive feedback that we've been receiving and uh, and all the continued support. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of positive messages and stuff. Uh, people reaching out that I actually didn't expect, which was really cool, and I was very thankful for. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting week and we're, we're just continuing on with things, man, and pushing forward and it's a new era. It's your one year anniversary and we had by far the best fight card of the year over this weekend. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun one too. It was like, even like the ones that you weren't really sure how they would go. I mean, they, they, they turned out really well. You weren't, I mean, the only one you knew was a guarantee was me Cerrone and, uh, Cerrone and Lawler, you know that was going to be exactly what it was, and you kind of had the idea of how Maya Woodley would go, but I mean, top to bottom, that card opened up with a bang and finished with a bang. Yeah, it was a really great card, start to finish, though. I mean, every yeah. fight on the card, it, it did. there was something, something to take away from every fight on the card, whether it was, you know, that Josh Berkman really, really needs to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the funny thing too, it's like you, a lot of the complaining that you heard about uh, and the boos even during the Woodley Maya fight. I mean, the, the people don't realize that that was what to expect going into that fight. Woodley was going to have to work his takedown defense over and over and over again. He wasn't going to try to get inside too close and put himself in a vulnerable position. So, I mean, what what should have happened throughout the card pretty much did happen. Throughout the card, yeah, we'll we'll touch on that some more here in in a moment. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's start breaking this down, man. Uh, the main event, we have ourselves a new champion of the two hundred five. Well, not a new champion; he has returned and regained his belt. Johnny Bones Jones picking up the KO win in the third round over Daniel Cormier. Fight going a little bit. Better for Cormier than I was kind of expecting it to until that third round. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, I went back and I watched the uh, the first one, and the like the first round at uh, 182 was very similar to what we saw in the first round and a half, two rounds of this one. It was, uh, DC did kind of hang in there for the uh, pretty well in that first fight. This time he was able to just put the pressure on, and I think that just kind of was John Jones kind of showing respect in the sense that. He hadn't really. I mean, he fought once in you know two, two and a half years, whatever it was, and just trying to get his feel back and realizing. I mean, Daniel Cormier is. I mean, he's a legitimate opponent, right? He's not just going to go. He's not just going in there fighting uh, a wet pillow, you know, or a wet face cloth, or whatever the, the term is, you know. Like, so I think he was a little tentative until he. But it, the whole time he was landing those uh, those kicks to the bodies and those kicks to the leg, like he was eating shots. And he was getting some pressure put on him, but at the same time, he was really working the angle that ultimately led to that that devastating head kick. Yeah, John, I thought executed his striking plan brilliantly. He he did what what Brandon Gibson and and Mike Winklejohn laid out in front of him. He kept the distance. He used the kicks, and then you know started setting it up for that head kick in the third round by really just working the body. Body, 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 the third round. Until yep. finally he caught Cormier. Yeah. <clears throat> and I do want to say, actually, one thing I do want to uh, apologize because, you know, I did say that, you know, I wanted to see Cormier just get completely murdered in there. And I like seeing what did happen at the end of that fight and seeing Cormier just like how broken he was. And I mean, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Like he was, like he was in that concussed state where he was just so out of it like like i really like felt bad listening back to the show and like the words i had picked like i was going for jones and i just kind of got into that too deep of the fandom more than anything else and uh i like much respect to dc uh and like it was uh it was devastating like watching him trying to fight the referee and trying to argue with his corner and like not knowing what was happening like yelling in Dana White's face like he was so so lost like it was it was hard to watch that yeah I mean he ate that head kick upside his head pretty hard yeah I mean and pretty it was, it was, hard. Well, I mean you could see like he there was you know sometimes when someone lends a head kick they'll have their arms up and the graze off a shoulder or a forearm but he was so uh, he was so looking to protect the body that when he put his his body down I mean he extended his his neck so that Jones's Shin was full on on his on his chin. It was a, I mean there was, I mean, I mean, well he's lucky he didn't go out cold there. Like he ate that shot pretty well, all things considered. And John called it. He called it a couple years ago when they were getting right. when they were doing the build up for the second fight that Daniel had to pull out of, or maybe it was a build up right. for two hundred. I don't remember. I think it was a build up for the the second fight. It was it was it was the yeah it was the the original the original second fight, second fight yeah. <laughs> that he told him what was going to happen essentially, and Daniel. Yeah, he said that. We, we've been watching tape, and Daniel even said, "Don't think you're going to head kick me, John. You're not going to head kick me." And then he totally got head kicked. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, Eric Holker in there from Where the Warrior, he had uh, showed that video. That's where I had saw it, and I had to make the comment that every time Daniel Cormier said the word head kick, John Jones just sat there and stroked his left leg. <laughs> And it, like I don't know if he meant to do it or what, but it was just kind of funny that he'd say head kick, stroke the leg, 
head kick stroke. Like, it's almost like he's just like calling it without having to say the actual words, which is pretty funny. Yeah, in his head he's going, "Yeah, motherfucker, I got something for you." Right here. <laughs> oh, and and the other thing, then I mean that knee that he caught him with that bounced him off the fence was good too. Yeah, it's like when I first watched that there, uh, like watching it live. When he ran them, I thought he was trying to like run, just like just swing at him, and because I think the camera was kind of off angle, if I remember right. Yeah, a little bit. And it couldn't, and it looked like DC had slipped it. And when they showed the slow motion afterwards, and he had the different camera angle, and it actually it was like it was perfectly landed. It wasn't the punch; it was a knee. I was just like, oh fuck! Like all of a sudden, I was just had like now. I thought he had slipped and went down. Like that's when I got the better the better angle and realized what had actually happened. Yeah. It was a great – I mean, Daniel, up until that point, looked probably the best that I've seen him fight in a while. Like, I don't know if, yeah. it's, if it's just John Jones can bring that fight out of D.C., but, I mean, technically-wise – or technical-wise, that was the the best I have seen D.C. fight in a very long time. And he was, yeah, was, he was the getting – The like the Gus fight. Yeah. I mean, the Gus fight, his performance wasn't that impressive at all i mean some argue that gus won that fight but he was winning you know i mean there was people that had it 2-0 cormier i was not one of them but i have heard people with the argument that uh they had the fight going 2-0 cormier going into that third round so i yeah i was at 1-1 but i had i i could see the argument for for two nothing right i could too he stole that into that first round whether he actually stole the round with it, but he was doing, I mean, right, when right. he got inside and started landing on John, and John was firing back, same thing in the second round. John was firing back, yeah. but Daniel was like, not phasing me, not phasing me. Well, I mean, I it's would. It's almost hard to tell, um, like, did John Jones look off in those first two rounds, or was it just the fact that this was a different DC that we've seen that maybe like we're focusing more on, on his performance than, uh, than on Jones? That they like, looking at this here, like, Hearing you say that kind of like makes me think like you know Jones was doing what he had to do from distance and he was getting inside and I really didn't take that in consideration the first few times I've watched the fight. Yeah, I think Jones completely executed a game plan that they had set out because why not use your reach? You got that long of a reach and keep Daniel from inside where he can clinch you and potentially get the takedown. Work your leg kicks, work your oblique kicks, you know the front kick to the body, the teep kick, whatever. Just use those to keep the distance and keep Daniel out of your face because obviously, yeah, the short, the short range exchanges is where Daniel was winning at getting inside and landing those uppercuts and, and whatever else, you know, his combinations, his overhands and stuff. He was winning those fights or those uh, exchanges at the end in the rounds of the fights. But you know, the distance is where John was getting the win at. Yeah, and now, and now you know the the, you know for lack of a better term, now the the king is back and taking his throne. I'm really interested to see of like where John Jones goes from here. Like, you know, we all have seen the video a thousand times over about calling out Brock Lesnar, and we all know that Gustafson's been calling him out, and all you know there's all these fights coming up. But now, to see him now with that confidence of now he's the champion, he's been through the camp that he had to be through. He overcame a little minor adversity, maybe early in the fight, to come back and, and win the way that he did. I mean, the, the John Jones with confidence is one of the most dangerous things in, in MMA. Absolutely. And to see him now with that belt, 
uh, I feel like his next training camp is just going to be like we're. I think we're going to be seeing like that old like like what 2011, 2012, back when before he really started like partying, going crazy. Like when you look at those fights, like with Rashad and with Rampage, where he was just doing anything at will Machida. that he wanted to do. Yeah, Machida, Shogun. Yeah, like I think I, I had to see like a Jones like that, a focused John. Uh, like knowing the levels that he had when he wasn't in his prime, if he has the focus in his prime, like it could be like I mean, if he wants to stay in, in MMA for like five years, it could be a, a crazy run that we see. What do you What do you want to see next? Because I, I'm Ostemir. kind of you want to see Ostemir. Shut up! No. <laughs> Shut up! Um, <laughs> I think I mean Brock Lesnar has to go until at least I think. January. I think he's. And I, th- no, I think he's at least March for for WWE. I think there. I think it's like a WrestleMania. His contract expires. I think I could be wrong. They so, but, but but they would probably let him compete. They let him compete yeah. before under contract. So, but oh, when, that's true. Yeah, I get two hundred was under contract, wasn't he? He's got to like January or February, um, with the. Uh, with the suspension, oh, with, though. With the suspension, that's right. Yeah, and he would have So, to, yeah, so, so yeah I mean, if the suspension ends in January, you might as well just why do a training camp and like miss it on the big payday in WrestleMania and a big payday for UFC. Oh, I mean, if WrestleMania is in January, he'd be fine. Or no, if WrestleMania's I mean, in, you know, March, if he can fight in January, go get that money. Get both. Yeah. And then go I collect, because either... Well, and then he can use that again as a bargaining chip because that's all he's trying to do. He's just using the UFC as a bargaining chip, which is fine with me. Get your money, yeah. Brock. Do your thing, bro. I'm good with it. Just, But if you're going to fight, fight. Yeah. If you're going to fight, fight. And I would love I Sorry? No, I was going to say I would love to actually. I want to see that fight with, with him and John. I want that for two reasons. I think it would be a really exciting fight. And I think John has the potential, you know, he could strategically do the things that he needs to do to beat him. But I also kind of want to see John get that payday because John's lost out on a shit ton of money over the last few years. I mean, at his own fault, his own fault. I don't, I don't, but you know, whatever. He's 30 years old. Make that money while you can, bro. Stack up what you can and, and just whatever, do your thing. Yeah, I think. If for me, and this is the same thing that goes back to to Conor McGregor when he beat Jose Aldo, and then right away the first thing he wanted to do was win that lightweight title, and then when that fell apart, he wanted to get the revenge against Nate Diaz, and then you know, and then he wanted to go. Like, I want to see Jones at least get a defense in there, just so that we don't have to say like, "Well, Jones isn't defending. Maybe we should." While Jones fights Lesnar, let's do it. Like, I just don't want to hear any chance. I don't want there to be a chance in it. I want him to take on the number one contender. And because then because light heavyweight division is so <laughs> right. wonky right now, but if he beats some more contender, two, three, four afterwards can all fight and give him the time to do his super fight. Well, but here's the thing though. Understandably, yeah, I would like you know he needs to defend too. But John has a track record of defending. He had what eight yep. title defenses, you know, under a nine eight. or whatever. I mean, he was right close to the record. So it's a little bit different. Connor never defended his belt. At all, like, I mean, it's not like John's gonna has a history of doing shit like that. Like, if he wants to go get this payday, let him get the payday. He's gonna come back and fight it. 
at least fight Gus at a rematch, and then if he makes the decision to go to heavyweight or whatever, um, permanently. Looking at it that way, like uh, also getting that super fight said and done because, I mean, we've seen Gustafson, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down in the last few years. But if he's as up as he was in that fight against Teixeira as if he's against Jones, and Jones takes an uppercut or two and drops, I mean, all of a sudden that whole super fight thing is gone. Like that, that, or if it's not gone, it definitely loses a lot of the, a lot of the shine to it. Or the potential for injury. I mean, him and Gustafson beat the shit out of each other the last time. Yeah. I mean, John took it really lightly. We all know that. But that that's not a knock on Gus's skill. Because Gus right. was that's game all. for the fight and took it to him. But the thing is, is that I, I, I get that money while you got the opportunity, man. It, it's it's there. You got you to gotta jump on it. And if the window is there with Brock because of Brock's schedule and the potential re-signing with WWE, you got to take the opportunity while it's there. And, I mean, that's a lot of money for John to take that fight. A lot of money. Yeah. And the... And, uh... You know, like you were saying, like I mean, it was still January. So I mean, if they wanted to sneak in a fight, I mean, they could even to like, well, I mean, any fight can get you injured, but you can always just kind of skip Gus that they've done a thousand times over with Jones before. Just throw him, just throw him something random just to keep him active. Yeah, the old like the old gladiators, just throw him to the lion. You know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how things shake out over the next few months. I mean, if if we hear confirmed Brock's in the USADA testing pool, we know what they're setting up. So. And that's the other thing. Just because a guy's in the USA testing pool doesn't necessarily mean, you know, UFC comes calling. Yeah, I mean, it could, but I mean, Brock's not. Test. Brock's not wasting his time fucking around with USADA if he's not trying to no, fight. It's it's definitely gonna be the UFC, but I mean, who knows? He could just be throwing stuff out there, like you said, for bargaining chips. I mean, jump jumping in there is like, oh, he's gonna go to UFC, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, no. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. It's gonna, it's gonna be a little bit of time. See how the next few months play out. Um, what's next for John Jones? Moving on to the co-main event. Uh, oh God, this is gonna be painful to talk about. But Tyron Woodley picks up the decision over Damian Maya while landing fifty-seven total strikes and setting a record for least amount of strikes in a title defense. And also, most takedowns defended. And yeah, this was, fight... Nine, eight, 19? 21. Yeah, 21, oh, wow. 21. So, you kind of already talked about it um, in the in the beginning, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give my piece real quick, and then I will give the floor back to you. I sure. think Tyron... I mean, obviously, he, he did what he thought he had to do to win the fight, but he absolutely couldn't finish that fight. He could have finished that fight in the first. He could have yeah. finished it in the second. I mean, Damian Maya had one eye. He the first time he took a take, tried to take a takedown on him, he he lost an eye basically. Yeah, he he popped up into like fifteen seconds. It was reminiscent of like the GSP cost check. Like so early on, you saw that eye just fall shut. And like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do for a title defense, but. Um, 57 strikes in a five-round fight? Like, come on, Tyron. Come on, bro. Yeah. You And that's kind of thing, too. Like, you know, when you get a takedown uh, or when you when you block a takedown, you can easily land four or five body shots. Just boom, 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 boom. Just 
anything. Well, and there's a difference between being cautious and just being over tentative. He right, he yeah. would not even try to engage. Like you had stopped him by the tenth fucking takedown. You knew he wasn't going to probably get you down. Take a little bit of risks. By the third round, you know, he's got to be kind of tired from trying to take you down. Take a few risks. And if he does take you down, trust your defense. Jorge Masvidal fucking showed you can you can defend Damian Maya if you have to. Do what you got to do, yeah. bro, but you know, you you put on you've put on two terrible title fights in a row. Like this is reminiscent of Anderson Silva when he went through his little phase of just putting on shit fights until Chael Sonnen came along. I mean, people forget. I mean, Anderson obviously is in the argument for the greatest of all time, but a lot of people tend to forget how bad some of his fights were because yeah, he I mean, just got complacent. That, yeah, after that, uh, the Forrest Griffin knockout at, uh, was it 102, 101? Yeah, something like that. He knocked out, when he knocked out Griffin with that walking backwards, all of a sudden, like, his next title defense when he was fighting uh, Talos Slade, I think it was, and then, and again, Damian Maya. It's almost like he had done everything he could do, so let's you know he just wanted to stand up and just knock people out just have fun dance like but at least i mean i mean at least anderson was entertaining right dancing in there true tyron, tyron just kind of stood there yeah tyron didn't do shit and he did great he had great takedown defense which i pointed out last week was going to be his yeah. best asset oh yeah I, I, was, I was really impressed with the with, with his continual take like i think there was a couple times where it looked a little close but uh but yeah, like he he kept it going. I mean, the, I mean, if you want to talk about any controversy at all, and it's extremely minor, first round when he was said, you know, you grab that fence again, taking off a point, grab the fence at least two, three more times, and nothing was said about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna give if you're gonna give the warning, you got to follow through. Right. Yeah. John let that one go. I forgot about that. I do remember even giving the warning because I started watching the fight again today. But I forgot that he grabbed it a few more times himself. But I don't know, man. I mean, and and in the shakeout of this horrible fight of his, he cost himself his fight against GSP because Dana White said, "Fuck that! You give terrible performances. Why do I want to reward you with a big yeah, you don't get, fight? You don't get a money fight, yeah, right." But, but don't forget though that if GSP doesn't fight Woodley, then Woodley is by default the greatest welterweight in UFC history. No, Tyron. No. Well, well, everything he says is true, though. That's fake news. <laughs> hashtag sad. Oh, God. Hashtag bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, but, but I mean, and Dana, Wright's 100, Dana White is 100% right to do that. I mean, if he's, I mean, his GSP's going to do a very similar fight to Maya. It's going to be a try to get the takedown. He's not going to want to stand and bang with him. So, is it, Tyron just going to put on another takedown defense clinic for 25 minutes and maybe land a couple of shots here and there. And that, that'll be it. Like you, I don't know how the GSP fight would be much different than the fight we just saw. It won't be. I mean, maybe Tyrone will finally uncork. He's got that power, man. If he would have just let loose one shot, he could have finished that fight. He well, there was a couple there was a few times in that first round, like you said, where it looked like he was about to swarm. Yeah, and then he pulled back. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you're if you think you're you're able to swarm, you know that 
your opponent's not going to do anything to you. So like you, he, it's almost like he knew that he wasn't going to get taken down if he rushed in. But yeah, he still just decided like, no, I'm good. I, I don't know. It's just, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I like I said, I, like last week, I feel so bad for Damian Maya. Yeah, I, I do really too. Want to get a shoulder on his waist so bad. Like, I was hoping he'd choke him out or you know, some maybe just lend a, somehow lend a shot. But yeah, I did too, man. I was really, I mean, the 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 smart pick was going with Tyron Woodley, obviously, like I did, but. My heart was pulling for Damian Maya. I wanted him to get one of those takedowns and get Woodley to the ground, and it just couldn't happen, man. And it bummed me out. But um, so now that the GSP fight is lost, do, what do you think is going to be the next fight for Woodley? Do you think Robbie Lawler's going to get his rematch now that he's uh, tied for number one with Wonder Boy? And Wonder Boy, we're not. We obviously know they're not going to do a trilogy right now because that last fight was terrible. Yeah, um, yeah, unless they're thinking about doing like uh, uh, Thompson and uh, and Lawler for number one, mm. I could see I, I could maybe see that, but then you're looking at their like a really good risk of Wonder Boy uh, Woodley three. So, I mean, for me personally, I would much rather see the Lawler fight. That's what I would think is going to happen. I mean, it makes sense. I'm, because I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, unless they, they unless they go uh, Lawler Wonder Boy, but they could go he, Lawler. They could go Lawler Masvidal. I think really what they want to do is Masvidal and Wonder Boy. That's right. Yeah, cause they were they were talking. They both agreed to have that fight. I mean, that I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Have that as like a a co-main and a main event. There's so like they usually put those kind of fights together. Yeah, I'd be cool I would, with that. Uh, I'd be fine with that. I would. I, I I think that uh, I think Willie, like, especially now talking like what, what have you done in the past year besides roping a ball? If Woodley was in a third of the wars that Robert Lawler has been in, he would not be talking anything about the toughness and the and the time off that that Robert Lawler had. No shit, Robbie Lawler has. I mean, his entire career he has been in wars. He was in. I mean, we'll get to that fight here in a few minutes, but he was in another war again this weekend. He just—that's what he does. I mean, if you if you go, you go back and watch some of his fights, I mean, ever since he lost to uh, 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 McDonald at one sixty-seven, ever since that time, he's just been like, he's he's found his his groove again. Like it's, he like he kind of lost it in that fight, but he's come back and. You see him in the in the two uh, wars with Hendricks. You saw him in another war with McDonald, a war with Condit. Like he's just—I mean—eventually we had to catch up to him, and Woodley just happened to be the fighter that I caught up to him against. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. We—I mean—we went into that when it happened. That I, I felt. I mean, obviously, Tyron Woodley has—he's shown he's got that one-punch power in those fists. But yeah, he caught Robbie. You know, coming off of a bunch of wars, and you know, also knew a lot about how to hit Robbie and I'm sure you know they spent a lot of time probably training together at ATT so yeah oh that's right yeah Robbie looked I mean like, it was, yeah I, was, I think we we're saying the same thing there you go ahead uh, I was just gonna say though it, you know Robbie looked pretty good coming out of his new camp at uh, the combat club yeah yeah exactly I was gonna say like looking at him on Saturday night he looked refreshed rejuvenated he looked like a new guy yeah and I think if 
on Saturday night, the co-main event was uh, Woodley and Lawler too. I think you, I think that Lawler had a really good possibility of walking out with the belt. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean that's a that's a conversation we can we will have at another date, hopefully. But let's, yeah, hopefully sooner and later. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's move on to the third title fight. Uh, the 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 now rightful featherweight champion Chris Cyborg. Uh, Tanya Evinger doing a lot better than I gave her credit for, man. And I've watched Tanya Evinger fight. Like, I've watched, you know, a few of her Invicta fights and stuff like that. Like, I've seen her. I know how tough she is. I just didn't give her a shot against Cyborg like I should have. That's that's completely on me, and I, I own that. She looked tough. I mean, she took some big shots from Cyborg. A lot of times I'm sitting here with the guys going, she's going down. She's got to be yep. going down, and she just kept trading back and trading back and trading back, you know, and taking it. And, and she she looked good. I think Tanya yeah, Avenger showed that she definitely deserves to be in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking back to last week when we were first talking about the fights, and I I thought it was gonna be more Cyborg trying to find her groove, like we saw in the. Uh, and the, in the Lensberger fight, I thought it was be something more like that, where she was in trying to wait and wait and wait, and then just pick her moments right, uh, and then finish her in the second. And I definitely did not expect Avenger to press the action as much as she did in the first. That caught me right off guard. When she started pressing the action, my first thought was, "Oh, we're going to see it upset." I for there was a few seconds where I was like, Can, "Like, is she actually going to be able to pull this thing off?" But when Cyborg started landing like those shots, I mean, she wasn't landing like four or five little shots. She was landing one big shot, and then one big like she was timing them, and everything that she threw at Avenger had the intent to finish the fight. She yeah, she was thrown with bad intention. She wanted to end that fight quickly. She just couldn't. I think the the biggest shame is that. Uh, John Jones got performance of the night over trying to Avenger because I think Avenger deserved that for what she did in that loss. She's fucking tough as nails, man. Like and what I, she oof. ate and kept coming and taking it and trying to continue to fight. Like a lot of girls couldn't do that. They they generally would already be knocked unconscious. She's a tough girl, and and you right. get her at her natural weight down at bantamweight. I think she can do some things. Do I think she's going to be champion one day? No, I don't know. But I think she's got the potential to do a little shake-up in the Bantamweight division. She's a tough fight for anybody. I think that the only thing that hurts her is age. Yeah, that's 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 the only that's thing the I think, too. One big thing, because what I saw on Saturday night is definitely someone that could give out some entertaining fights if if she was maybe like six years younger and entering into the UFC. I think she'd have like a, a long, successful run. Maybe not as champion, but at least in the UFC. Absolutely. And, you know, Cyborg looked good. Cyborg did what Cyborg yep. does. I mean, that's not, there's not a ton to say about it. It was yep. a Cyborg fight. She did what she had to do. I don't know what's next for her because she is the only technical fighter in the fucking 145-pound division. I don't know if they can try to remake that Megan Anderson fight. We still don't really know what the personal issue is. I see Megan on Twitter all the time posting pictures. She's not pregnant, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know. She just got scared and pulled out of the fight. What? I, but I would like to see the Megan Anderson fight. 
I really would. I was pulling for that fight for the entire time they were trying to find an opponent for Cyborg and retweeting Megan Anderson to the UFC and all that shit because I wanted to see her fight. But yeah, like that, that would have been a really fun like if she is eligible to, or not eligible if she is able and willing to fight. I would really like to see that one more than Holm and more than uh, Zingano, which. It's being tossed out there right now. Yeah, both of them are being tossed around, but I don't want to see another bantamweight come up to fight her. And then also no. Ronda was tossed out there that you know potentially trying to get Ronda to come back. I don't want to see that fight either. Ronda no, get that, murked that in be, two minutes. Oof. Head movement, yeah. head movement, doomp. Yeah, yeah, seriously, like that would actually that'd be like the a perfect fight for. Uh, for Cyborg to have if she was needing some needs a little bit more confidence. She just wants that fight to shut, you know, for all the bullshit Ronda talked about her. And I mean, don't forget how like Ronda's been running away from her for a long time. Long time. That's... When they were in, when they were in Strike Force and Cyborg came out, like, went in there, Rousey couldn't wait to change weight classes. Yep. Like she's wanted no piece of Cyborg. Drop down real quickly. Yeah, I think I think Cyborg had just walked into the building and didn't sign the contract yet, and she was gone. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from this fight is the heart of Tanya Avenger, and she definitely turned some heads of people that had never seen her fight before, and rightfully have earned herself a spot in the UFC's bantamweight division. So, yeah, it'd be fun to see her like uh, just get an, uh, another. I mean, Another pay per view spot would be perfect, but if she can get onto the like, uh, co main event on a on a Fox card, even just anything to get some more eyes on her. Yeah, I think that's that would be a good spot for her too. Uh, in the second fight of the main event, uh, we already kind of got into this one a little bit, so we'll we'll keep this brief. But uh, Robbie Lawler picks up the unanimous decision or the split decision win over Donald Cerrone. Uh, this one, you know, a lot of people going back and forth on whether they thought Cerrone won or Lawler won. I didn't really have too much of a problem with the judging. Some of the yeah, scores I, were a little wonky. I could, I mean, either way, I can definitely see, like, I think I sent it uh, when we were talking there Saturday. I think it goes 29-20 either way. I wouldn't have been upset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, like, it was a it fun was, fight. There were, I mean, like, yeah, like you could see, like, first round could have went one way or the other. Second round was definitely Cerrone. Third round I felt was more Lawler. But I'm sure if I go back and watch, I could see something completely different. It's a Robbie Lawler fight, man. That's how they all go. Like, I still to this day think Johnny Hendricks won the second fight, so. I, I definitely think that that should, that it was flipped around. I think Lawler should have won the first and Hendricks the second. But That's usually the argument, but I I think Johnny won both fights, personally. But I also thought Carlos Condit won the fight against Robbie Lawler, so it's 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 a Robbie Lawler fight, man. It, it a, yeah, like, eat, eat two to throw two, kind of thing. Like you, like, yep. It's like you look at how I many. I can haven't looked at them. But I wouldn't be surprised if this, if the final total strikes were really close, and that's probably why people were upset that it was uh, total strikes were ninety nine to eighty five. Cowboy. Uh, 82 to 77 significant and the white one takedown with a minute and 29 control for Cerrone. Yeah. See, so like hearing that, then I could see like 
knowing the fight and hearing that I maybe I could lean to Cerrone more. But yeah, I gotta re. I mean, I'm, I only watched this fight once, so I can't really give my word big scoring. And I need to go. I needed to go back and watch it without the sound on, but didn't have a chance to do that this week. So uh, I mean, this uh, it it. It's not a terrible loss for Cowboy. It's not going to hurt him much. I mean, nothing really ever does. So he's just Cowboy. He'll keep plugging along. And and, then, and here's the thing, too, now I wonder, like, with UFC, is now he's coming after that awesome streak he was on. Now he's lost two in a row, one by knockout. One was a big ward. Like, do you want to t- try to like, give him another six months off to try and, like, really rest his head again? No. Or are you just going to are you just going to say like when when he says give me this fight and they're just going to toss it to him like probably give him Maya give him Maya next now. Nah, maybe or Gunnar Nelson. Yeah. Actually, I think even him and Wonderboy would be kind of fun. That would be a fun fight too. I yeah. mean, and the thing is is that he's definitely a name that if you're trying to get someone uh so you're trying to like maybe help and get a, uh, get a good fight on. You you have a draw with that with the Cerrone name. Absolutely, without a doubt, Donald Cerrone is a draw without be, ever being a champion. Yeah, I mean, not a huge my, draw, but he's a draw nonetheless. He's the he's that guy that you know when you put it on, it's just gonna be a fun fight. Yep. If win win or lose, he's gonna <laughs> it's gonna he's not gonna quit. He's gonna be stopped. I'd be stoked if he was on the Detroit card. Stoked. Well, that would be two fights away for him, right? Um, maybe three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe three, knowing him. So who knows? But yeah, he's, he's willing. Yep. We already went into what we thought was next, or what we wanted next for Lawler. So let's get in briefly to the first fight of the uh, the main event. And I've got to say, and I texted him right away. Blake, I am no longer sleeping on your boy, and I apologize. I'm now what uh, I'm now woke, as Kyle likes to say. Uh, I'm now woke on Volkanet Ozdemir. That dude, Jesus, he's got a weird style, but he puts people away. Yeah, I was so like, I didn't. I it was weird because he, he saw them in the clinch and he's landing with these little short pops, right? And then once it kind of broke up, it almost like, like he pushed him and I was kind of okay and then it was over and I had to when I went back and watch it again I was oh he caught him like really nice well the, the and that like and that was as Jimmy Mann was saying like good night yep well the bouncing of the head off the canvas when he threw him down didn't help either but he, right yeah he definitely caught him in that clinch exchange yeah I didn't see the last one when it first kind of like split him apart I thought uh Manuel was just like breaking it off and then when he was kind of wobbling backwards. That's when kind of figured that this one was going to be over one way or another. He, I mean, he fucking surprised me. I hadn't, I gave him, and I know a lot of other people didn't because I listened back to the Way of the Warriors show that they did on Friday night, and Eric gave him no shot of against Jimmy Manoa. I mean, they interviewed Jimmy Manoa. It was, I thought it was signed, sealed, and delivered. It was going to be Jimmy Manoa's, and he might have had a chance to jump Gus for that title shot. Right. But uh, new. Aside from Blake, was there anyone else that you knew that had Ozdemir? No. Not that I know of. Not that I've heard or remember. So you go back and listen to the average Joes? You. (laughs) 
You did. You did pick uh-huh. Oklahoma. You did. Finally, one of my one of my insane predictions comes right. I mean, you've had two <laughs> that yeah. I can remember. I'm sure there's been. Yeah, the, fir- the first one got me on this show. The yeah. second one's now my one year. <laughs> Once that's, a year, I don't like to get too big. That's pretty much. <laughs> hey, man, take where you can get them. That's it. <laughs> so Ozdemir jumps up two spots to the number three ranking. Uh, Cormier down one, obviously, his champion to number one. Gustafson's number two. Glover Teixeira is number four. Jimmy Manawa drops down to five. Shogun's at six. OSP seven. Corey Anderson moves down to eight. Shirkin, uh, Misa Shirkinov and Erie Latifi round out your top ten. And the top 15 is really sad with uh, <laughs> Noguera Cummins, Tyson Pedro, Jean Vellante, and uh, Antigulov. So, Jimmy, or not Jimmy, I'm sorry. Uh, Ozdemir calls out Alexander Gustafson. I mean, if if you're going to do the Brock fight with John, you might as well do Ozdemir and, and Gus, right? I mean, that makes sense, right? Definitely. I mean, you you put that card anywhere in Europe, it'll be a big, well, Eastern Europe will be a big draw. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be huge. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be huge potential to see where Ozdemir's at. Because like he said, like his last three fights, he doesn't know what's going on with his hands, but it's just working. No time, baby. But it but it'll be interesting. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. I I, I want to say right now that I could see Gus winning, but I could like I just don't doubt it now. Like to see like if he because because he's been there six months, three wins. So I mean, if by the end of the year he has four wins, three finishes, and one fighting a former interim title fighter. I mean, it'd be hard to deny him. Yeah, I mean, if, especially yeah, if he beats Gus, there's no denying for him to be the next in line and. Like you said earlier, Gus is always so up and down, up and down, up and down. Maybe give him another fight to prove it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you don't know which. I mean, that the one fight against Rumble, and you look at the fight against uh, uh, Teixeira, like how different they were. Right. So let's see. Then I have like a, a young kid who's just going, 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 going. Can you stop him? Like, are you worthy of that shot? Mm-hmm. I I like that fight better than just automatically giving Gus a rematch, but I'm not the matchmaker. So. Had Brock Lesnar information, <laughs> right? Let's uh let's get into these prelims because there was I mean this card top to bottom was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the main event of the prelims, Ricardo Lamas picks up the KO victory over Jason Knight. We uh went over on that one. Yeah. Knight was looking good with his jujitsu. He just got caught man and he tried to show that heart his corner was screaming for him to clinch and screaming for him to clinch and he just kept standing there in the pocket trying to trade yeah i'm trying there was uh i can't remember who the fight was but i even another fight recently where the guy just wanted to kind of show off that he's not just a one-dimensional grappler and just tried to stand yep and it just was too much too soon but i mean Knight did look really good, like you said, on the ground. And being that he's, what, I think four and one or five and one UFC, you know, it's not like, I mean, and like, Lamas is a fantastic loss to have on your 
on your record, like for for a guy like him. Yeah, it's not a it's not a terrible loss for him at all. Like, I mean, why, just give him a couple more fights like he was having, and then slowly try to see like, wait, especially working on on his striking a little bit. I think that uh, his last fight when he won by knockout, I think he kind of got a little cocky with his striking, and you just saw the difference in it in his fight. Well, and it was a big jump in competition for him as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ricardo Lamas is a title contender, and that's what I had to, you know, I was telling the guys, I had a bunch of people over for the fights like I usually do for the pay-per-views, and we're talking about it, and I'm like, you know, you guys got to remember, though, Ricardo Lamas was a title contender and, and went to a decision with Aldo. And, I mean, that, like, little war that um, Knight had wasn't that long ago. No. And he took and he took the fight on short notice. Yep. Or not short notice, but I mean originally it was uh Superboy. No So I mean he No, no? that was no, no. that was Feely and Cater. Feely oh, Feely yes, was yes, supposed yes, to fight no, Superboy. I've got yes, you're yeah, you're right, I got the wrong fighter, yeah. It was so, I mean but but still coming off that Wasn't it Zombie? That, that... It was Zombie. Zombie it was so supposed did, to be yeah, Zombie. Okay. So he he was on a short notice fight then. It, yeah, like a like a month or maybe a little bit more, but yeah, zombie got hurt and shoulder injury. And yeah, had, that's right. Okay, that yeah, that's right. It was a knee. Might have been a knee. Shoulder was maybe. I remember him getting, remember him getting hurt. Some kind of injury, fight. yeah. And then Superboy pulled off. So, right, you know. yeah. So, it, it was, yeah, I mean, I could see like he was just the, like the hot name they threw him in there, and he was obviously more than willing to. I mean. Props to him for wanting to get in on the fight that big. Yeah, he's just, stepping up, just... stepping up the level of competition for sure. The fight, I mean, it it doesn't hurt Jason Knight very much. It doesn't do anything for Ricardo Lamas either. No, I was thinking about that, like what he do with Lamas next, and like, well, he just comes off that win, but then he starts thinking, like, well, it was, he didn't move. He's just sitting at three. You know, he's behind. You could do him and Aldo again, maybe. Well, yeah, I could see that. Maybe why that's, I mean, it's about really, I don't, you know, what else is there? Cubs behind him. So you you could do him and Cub, maybe. The zombie fight was the one that made the most sense with him because he was sitting at five and three. So at least that would have made some yeah. fucking, some movement in the, and shaking up the weight class. But anyway. Good fight, good win for Lamas. You know, not damaging. It's not going to hurt Jason Knight. He'll be back. He's just going to need to climb the ladder a little bit more again. Baby steps. He's so young, dude, and so talented. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like, if he can just mix in a little bit more stand-up to that ground game, I could. I mean, you can definitely see him, like, really getting a lot of potential going forward. Yep. The Funk Master Algemin Sterling finally picks up his first UFC win. I'm sorry, not his first UFC win, second win. After losing two in a row. Right. Right. I don't know why I thought it was his first win. His first win where he actually looked like he was supposed to be fighting. Look looked like on the height. Two, no, no. two fight win streak. Uh, two fight win streak, and before that he had a three yeah. fight win streak. Horse fight win. Wow, he's been there a while. God damn, he has been there a while. I thought he came in. So he's six and two in UFC. Jesus, I knew. It. Wow. Well, how about that? I fucking look like an asshole. So <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck me. Moving on, Algernon Sterling picked up his second win in a row. <laughs> second win in a row after two tough losses. So, but he looked good. Looked good. Henan Burrell just yeah, he looked like Henan Burrell, man. That dude Usada killed that guy. Yep. He. I mean, and, oh, and the TJ Dillashaw. We can't even get him into a division. No, he couldn't. He, he couldn't fight at one thirty-five. It was supposed to be at one thirty-five, and they had to move it to one forty. He can't cut to 135. He doesn't want to fight at 145. There's, cool. I mean, at this point in time, like, I mean, I just don't see what you can do with him going forward. He'll be okay in other states. It's just California has that new weigh-in rule, so. Yeah, but, I mean, even still, like, when he was fighting 35, that was when he he had that terrible weight cut and he passed out in the shower, which cost the, uh, the Dillashaw to fight. He doesn't have too many losses left. Before he's going to get cut. I wouldn't be shocked if he got cut after this fight, to be honest with you. Yeah, like I, could, and, I mean. He can, go to, seem... he can go to Bellator and try again. I would say just go right to Ryzen start Ryzen. juicing again. Yeah, he can go to Ryzen and juice. They got a pretty good 35 division going, so. Next. Brian Ortega picks up another third round victory, of snatching victory out of the jaws of defeat. Uh, Hanato Muikano was really starting to put it on in that second round. Yeah, I've only I just saw a little bits and pieces of this one, so that I did see Ortega in trouble, and then I just seen that the the um, the submission at the end. Yeah, just Muikano shot in for a takedown, and boom, it was over. But this kid is just—he finds a way every time. Every time he finds a way. And he wouldn't even try to take him down early in the fight. You know, he didn't even have a single takedown attempt. Both of them came from Muikano. Both of them. Muikano was, you know, outstruck him 111 to 65, with 109 of them being significant strikes. So, I mean, he was really putting it on him in that fight. But Ortega just finds a way. If Ortega gets to the ground with you, you are in trouble. If he he's so skilled off his back, his jits is nasty. He has nasty MMA jits, and you know, until somebody really can finish, you gotta finish him. You have to finish him. If you give him a shot in the third round, he's gonna try to find a way to get a submission. And you know this time it was it was a choke. It wasn't even his triangle. You know, it'd be a fun fight. Uh, I. Highly doubt we'd see it, but uh, Knight and Ortega. Knight and Ortega would be a good fight. That would be fun. I, I don't know if, like, I mean, a lot of the knockout fans might not be crazy because I can see that one being a, just a fun, uh, fun ground fight. Mm, well, Ortega's at six. That's what I mean. I don't think we would see it, especially coming like with. Uh, Jason Knight now jump like jumping up in competition and losing. Well, he's still in the top fifteen though. He didn't move. Yeah, but I mean, you don't really <clears throat> want to put a guy back to back at a high. Right? Plane. No, that's not going to happen. He's going to have to beat you know someone like Dennis Bermudez or Duhoy. Yeah, but like going whatever. going forward, like hopefully that would be a fun one to see. Absolutely, I would love to see that fight. <sighs> I, I, I like Jets so. Oh, what else do we got? Shit. No, I don't want... Fucking windows are open and shit on me. There we go. Uh, 
the surprising fight of the night for me was Calvin Cater picking up the win over Andre Feely. Two weeks notice, I gave Cater zero shots. Both my long shot fights that I said had no chance of winning, Cater on a two or a two week notice making his UFC debut against a, a pretty experienced veteran in Andre Feely. No way he was going to win, and he <laughs> shocked everybody. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'll let you take the floor with, uh, with this one. This is a fight I've missed. Uh, I didn't have a chance to ca- uh, to catch this one. I mean, it, it it was a battle, that's for sure. I mean, but but in the strike count, round by round, Cater uh, got the best of him. I mean, he won every round in the strike counts, and picked up the decision win. I, I didn't have a problem with with any of the decisions. He got a, you know a takedown in the third round. And controlled him for 17 whole seconds, but he still got the takedown. So, and the takedown on the first. Feely just, he kind of looked off. And, and understandably, you're preparing for a, a completely different fight. And two weeks notice, you're, you're, you got to switch fighters, but that's what happens. You know, Kelvin Cater wasn't spending six weeks preparing for Andre Feely, but he got the, he got it done. And he looked good. I'm excited to see what this kid can do. And hopefully that is actually a, a really a, a really big point that a lot of people I feel like miss when you someone jumps into a fight on short notice, everyone gives them no chance. But you never really take into consideration that that other fighter was maybe fighting for someone who's just the ground or just grappling. You know, and all of a sudden your matchup with someone the exact opposite. It's like both fighters are are directly uh, affected in a very similar way. It's just a matter of one guy has a little bit more fight prep than the one guy doesn't. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it it was, you know, the win of a lifetime for for Cater and we'll see what happens next. So, let's uh we'll breeze through these last three fights real quick. Uh Alexandra Albu picks up the decision win over Kylan Curran. Uh Kylan Curran has never really showed much. She's so up and down. <laughs> She's just very pretty to look at, but not exactly a great fighter. Albu is an animal and that she is huge did you get to see any of the early prelims ryan i thought uh i saw the uh berkman dober okay uh so that i mean we'll see what happens next for alexandra albu but i would like to see her fight again soon jared brooks making his ufc debut picks up the decision win over eric shelton it was a fun fight and then the, i did not get to see drew dober knocking out josh berkman but Josh Berkman needs to retire. Yeah, it was just sad. It was one of those ones where uh just had his hands down at the wrong moment and just just ate the ate a left and just I mean, there was no question. And like, like I mean, so what we said last week is that Berkman, like, it's been fun and all that stuff, but it's definitely time for him to hang them up. Like it it's kind of getting to that point now where you just don't want to watch him fight because you don't want to see me knocked out. Dude, when I was looking this fight card over last week completely, like getting ready, I was shocked to find out that Josh Berkman was still fighting. I, I didn't think Josh Berkman was still fighting. So, uh, what, you, uh, what kind of grade did you give USC 214 overall? Uh, sorry, so you just started breaking up a lot there. Oh, I said, uh, what, what was the final grade you gave for UFC 214? Uh, overall, I'd probably give it like a B 
plus to an A. I mean, it was everything that I figured it was going to be. Uh, had a little bit of uh, had the surprise of the Volcano uh, Ozdemir knock it in the first round. Uh, John Jones getting his title back. Uh, seeing Cyborg with that belt finally. I mean, I I think it probably been an A plus card for me if Maya had won. Even taking the the Woodley Maya fight out of the equation, I still gave it a solid A. It was a good card, top to bottom. There was some very, very you know some surprising fights. Like you said, Ozdemir, like we just got done saying about uh, um, shit, Cody Cater picking up the win over Andre Feely. Right. right. Um, you know, Ortega getting the win after getting beaten up by Moicano. I mean, it was a good card. It was a good card. I gave it an A. And it was by far the best card so far of the year, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of cards that we've had that have actually like really truly delivered to their name, and yeah, this one's definitely up there. I mean, UFC 206 was the one we weren't excited about at all. We shit on it. It was actually a really good card, but well, that was last year though too. Oh, that was the last. That was last year. You're right. You're right. You were right. So yeah, I and mean, there really hasn't been that many pay per view. 208 was terrible. Uh, 207 was the last card of the year. So, yeah, 208 yeah. was garbage. 209 was okay. Hey. Yeah, because we've really, we talked a lot about uh, the Fight Nights being the show stealers so far this year. Yeah, the Fight Nights have been better cards for sure. For sure. Speaking of Fight Nights, we got one coming up on Saturday from Mexico City. The main event fight, I'm actually so excited for this fight. So excited for this fight. Sergio Pettis and my boy Brandon Moreno. This is going to be a really, really fun fight, man. Really fun fight. Sergio Pettis has looked very impressive in his last few fights compared to, you know, what he started out with. Um, he He had a lot of hype behind him at the time when he came out being being who he was and just kind of fell flat. Some of his wins were really bad, but he's been, you know, the, the Chris Carriasso fight, the, the Chris Kalaitis and then the John Moraga fight. Sergio looked good. He looked tough. He looked like he, he's finally reaching his potential and stuff. So I'm excited to watch these two young contenders go at it. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. Like, uh, <clears throat> like, like you said, I, I was really questioning P- Pettis. Like, I mean, both him and his brother, I thought were, could have been cut at any moment. I don't know why. There just seemed like his like, his wins were whatever, and then he had the loss. Like, he didn't have that thing going for him. But whatever that change happened uh, in his camp in the last uh, uh, two three fights, I mean, it's. I mean, he's becoming a really fun fighter to watch and I don't like I can just I, I can continually see good things happening for him yeah oh I do too I, I I was really really excited and then very very bummed when him and Cejudo's fight got canceled yeah that, and that's another thing like it would, he's another fighter that'd be fun to see taking that big jump to see where they're at because I could see him being able to land that shot or do what it needs to be done to to beat even a guy like uh, uh, 
Cejudo. Yeah, I I would have probably I was kind of leaning leaning towards him going into that fight. I I kind of really had feelings, of, especially in the striking department. He's looked better on the feet, but they are they're sitting at number seven and number six respectively, with Sergio at six behind Formiga and Wilson Hayes and Ray Borg. Um, but Brandon, I mean, I've been I've been high on Brandon Moreno for a while. I love watching that kid fight. He just he's got something special about him, and he made the most of the opportunity he was given when he got that short notice fight against uh, oh god, what's his name? Joe Soto, not Joe Soto, Louis Smoka, Louis Smoka. When he came in and yeah, choked Louis Smoka out on the right. the fight night card under on the undercard there and then has just continued to look good. I mean the the Benoit fight he looked impressive with his takedowns. The move to team elevation for in Colorado has been really really good for him. He looked good picking up that submission against Dustin Ortiz. And I I don't know man, I'm 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 going to take Brandon Moreno for this fight. I think he I think he picks it up on the ground. That's sort of the weakness of the Pettis brothers. Right. So Yeah, um, going back to the, uh, the ultimate fighter, when he looked so impressive in the loss, I was really hoping that they'd find a way to keep him um, in the UFC. And like two weeks later, he had that debut fight. I was really interested to see what he was going to do because I really wanted to see him win. And I've been, like, I, like, you, like you, I've been really high on the, uh, Hi, Moreno. Since he's coming on the, on the on the short notice fight, and I'm pulling for him to to pick uh, pick up the win here and just keep on moving forward because he's one of those guys that just kind of looks like he has that special thing. Yeah, he just he just looks like he has the the you know the confidence, the abilities, the techniques, and he's also really young. So I like he, he's kind of got that whole package put together. If he can just keep focused in camps and and like I could, I'm hoping that he just keeps climbing and climbing. Yeah, I mean, dude, the, I said this right after the fight got over on on our show that when he beat Smoka, the the general happiness and just surprise and the smile on his face and stuff, um, waiting for the decision to to be announced and everything was that's what swayed me with Brandon Moreno. I was like, I like this kid. There's something about him. He just he's living in the moment. He's appreciating what he's doing and and happy for the opportunity. So. I'm going to start rooting right. for this kid. Plus, then he just showed off he's got skill to back it up. So, I really, 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 really just think Marino is going to be able to get this one to the ground, and he will finish Sergio. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hope, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully he can pick up a submission win and not let it go too far, and hopefully we can see him again, uh, see him again soon. Yeah, uh, co-main event, we got Random Marcos and Alexis Gras or Alexa Grasso. Marcos coming off of the win over Carlos Sparza, which a lot of people didn't see coming. Marcos has always just been that back-and-forth fighter, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, but she's a tough girl. She's a really, really tough girl. 
Alexa Grasso, young and has a lot of hype behind her, and she tore up Heather Joe Clark. But, you know, the fight with Felice Herrig, she outstruck Felice Herrig, but when Felice got it to the ground, that fight was really back and forth and weird. Yeah. Really, I forgot about it. I haven't watched that fight but the one time it happened, and now I'm thinking back on it. Yeah, that was one that was just, yeah. I'm torn on this one, though, because I really like Random Marcos a lot. And but I also like really really like Alexa Grasso. See, so, yeah, like, I'm like you. I'm on the like when uh, the first uh, Grasso fight happened, I was really impressed, and I w- was hoping that we'd see another star develop in the in the women's divisions. Right. Um, and I've been pulling for her just to, just to do what what she has to do. But you said Ronda Marcos is. I mean, she's she just does what she has to do, right? She can grind out the wind however she needs to, but she can also, I don't know how to say, let her game plan slip away early on and just kind of have that really off night. Randa, and that, but if that's the thing that Randa does, you know, they both have that, that kind of thing. So, but I think Alexa, I think she's going to end up edging this one out. It's going to go to a decision more than likely. That's kind of the way these two fight. Right. But, I think Alexis' youth and her boxing skills are going to be enough to to edge this one out for her. But I think it'll be a tough fight. It's a yeah, good I mean it's a good measuring stick for Alessa Grasso. Definitely. I'm going to uh I'm going to play the the card that I hate usually playing. I'm going to take the uh the girl who's fighting out of the city I grew up in and take uh Rana Marcos uh for the win. Is she still training at TriStar? Uh, I'm just saying she, she just grew up in Windsor. So. Oh, she grew up in Windsor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she was, she, she's street tough, you know? Yeah. Well, she was, she was on with the Detroit top team for a little while. Yeah. And then, yeah. So she, I, she, uh, I want to say she still tries. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think she's back and forth. I think she was back at TriStar again, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out when she walks out. Yeah. Oh, um, Bradley Scott and Jack Hermanson. Um, oh man, that's an interesting. It's a good middleweight fight, though. It's, I think Hermanson's probably gonna pick up this win. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning to. Um, yeah, Bradley Scott's got the 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 abilities to be able to stretch the fight out, but Hermanson's got some dynamite in his hands. Dynamite, uh, Alex. What he did to yeah. Alex Nicholson. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was ugly. Yeah, I think I I think Hermanson picks up a second round KO or so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that one goes the distance. I think I think Hermanson can. I think he can definitely finish the fight. Yeah. Uh, Alan Joban taking on Nico Price. Mm, this is kind of one of those coin toss flip uh, fights for me. 
Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to see who it is. Price, let's see uh, the last fights. Price's last fight was a loss to Alex Moreno. He won, uh, and then it got overturned. They beat Brandon. Right, yeah, so we beat Thatch. No contest did Morano. Ah. I don't remember why that was a no contest, though. Uh, marijuana. Oh, that's right. My man. And uh, then, of course, Joe Ban coming off the second round submission to Gunnar Nelson after being on a three-fight win streak, beating Mike Perry, Belial Muhammad, and Brandon O'Reilly. So, I mean, Joban's yeah. only lost to Warley Alvarez, Alan Joban, and Gunnar Nelson. He lost to himself? No. You said Alan Joban lost to Alan Joban. No. I said Alan Joban has only lost to Albert Tumanov. Did I say Alan Joban? Maybe I said Albert. Yeah. I thought I said Albert <laughs> Tumanov. Whatever, it's late, man. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a day in the heat in the sun. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. It's fifty-fifty for I'm me. I'm gonna go Joe Ben. I'm gonna. I lean with him against Gunnar Nelson, so I'll just keep on leaning with him and see what happens. I'll take Nico. Uh, Sam Elvey and Rashad Evans. I think Sam's going to knock out Rashad. Yeah, this is the fight that I'm. Uh, I, I really don't want to see because I'm very afraid of what's gonna ha- what what has the potential to happen to Rashad and. It's a, you know, he's been around for such a long time. He's been in a lot of good fights. He's had the belt. I just think that, like, I want to see him lose so that maybe he has to take that thought of the, of hanging up the gloves. Yeah, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. He's going to get knocked out and going to have to hang him up because he just can't take any more damage like that. Rashad's been beaten a lot. Yeah, I mean, even some of his wins he's had, he's... He's thrown down. Yeah, you know, looking this card over, there's not there's not a ton of exciting like you know name fights, right? Outside of what we've already talked about. Um, well, yeah, uh, uh, Sandoval. Uh, I was gonna. That, that's what I was just getting to. It was just getting to that being the only other fight really of of names. Uh, you got Joseph Morales and Robert Sanchez, Roberto Sanchez, who are both making their debuts. Maybe they're on the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. I don't know. I can't. I don't watch it. I can't speak Spanish. So, but yeah, Ortiz and Sandoval are taking it. And oh man, Ortiz's last fight was that loss to to Brandon Moreno. Which he was kind of beating him up a little bit. But, oh, I'm going to go with Ortiz. I think Ortiz will bounce back, probably pick up a submission. Yeah, I'm going Hector Sandoval on this one. I just think um, Ortiz is, I mean, he's again another up and down fighter. And last, I don't know, I. I could, I, I could easily see myself being wrong early on in this fight, but I'm going to go with he- uh, Hector Sandoval. Okay. I mean, it's okay. Uh, I mean, we can. I'll just kind of touch on the card the rest of the way, and 
Henry Bri- uh, Briones taking on Ronnie Yaha. Uh, Alvaro Herrera and Jordan Rinaldi. Uh, Alejandro Perez and Andres Socomatia. I remember him, but I can't pronounce his fucking name. Hey, he's the one that got beat by Albert Morales. Uh, Jose, man, I'm not even going to try to butcher these Mexican names. Blake will kill me. <laughs> Blake will kill me, and I'm not even trying to hear that. So, yeah, not exactly, you know, the, the it's, a, it's a Mexico card. It's not a card for us. It's one of those cards that we always talk about, but it, it could definitely. But these are also the cards that end up, like, just sneaking up on you, right? I'm just when you exactly. don't know the fighters. Exactly. I'm just more excited that like this card in general could have had anybody fighting on it. The main event is enough to make me excited because I Definitely. love both of those two fighters. And then, you know, Sam Elvey being on there against Rashad is cool. I've, you know, growing to like Sam Elvey more as I've because of the interview with him and actually getting to know his real personality and finding out that that's who Sam is and Sam isn't fake. So I'm excited to see him back in the octagon coming off that injury. Even though if we find out that the fight got booked a couple of days after we talked to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's your, uh, how are you feeling about that card? Uh, I'm just excited because like, like, like I said there, when you don't know a lot of the fighters on a card, you can get really surprised by the performances. You don't have, you know, you're not looking for one thing or another from any fighters. So these are the kind of cards that, after a big pay per view, it's kind of nice just to be like that element of surprise in every fight, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, let's uh, let's kind of start putting a bow on this bad boy and take her on home. Um, let's talk about uh, where we're gonna be going as far as the show from here a little bit. Uh, next week, uh, we're gonna do. Uh, our breakdown of the card a little bit earlier in the week sometime, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever. And then uh, Thursday, since we don't have a card, we're going to come on and do a topic discussion, you know, something we haven't done in a while. So it'll just be a a discussion, you know, between me and Ryan, and we'll talk about it. We'll have a a fun topic I think everybody will enjoy. We don't need to give it away yet. And and I'm sure, well, you know what, though, even even though we've discussed it, I'm sure that we'll probably – Talk uh, talk throughout the weekend and come up with about fifteen different things and show up here next Thursday and just have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> I'll be prepared for one topic. You'll be prepared for another. <laughs> like, my number five is favor. My number five was Mexico. <laughs> no correlation at all. <laughs> nah, we've been we've been kind of preparing for this topic for a while, so I think it's going to be a fun one. I think it really is. I think that'll be something you guys will enjoy. So that'll be, you know, next Thursday. And then, like we said, if you if you listened to the episode that we dropped on Tuesday night, I mean, obviously you already know the situation. If you haven't and you're wondering why is it just me and Ryan, well, go back and listen to that episode and you'll get an explanation. Uh, but we're, you know, for moving on from here, like we said there, we're going to try to just do multiple content a week. Um probably break the show up a little bit more, you know, try to do the the card breakdown earlier in the week and then the preview on a normal day and then maybe add something else or whatever if there's late breaking news. 
uh, you know, something big happens tomorrow at the weigh-ins or whatever over the weekend, we if we can, we'll, we'll jump on together and do a quick 10, 15, 20-minute little new segment or something. But we're just going to try to keep things fun and add more content as we can and to see what we can do. And we're just kind of winging it. So, you know, And the, depending the magnitude of the, of the impact, uh, those random people waking up on Sunday morning and there's like, uh, what the fuck did we just see? Right. Uh, uh, just like, like a five, 10 minute who knows, like just, oh. just high, high on the fights and just being like, just like, well, what? Like we got to record something right now because if you and I do a react, an immediate reaction, there's no fucking way in hell that's going to be five minutes and you know it. No, yeah, <laughs> you fucking know it. There's no way in hell it's going to be five minutes. We we plan for it to be short, but then it'll just be like all of a sudden four in the morning. We've done like a three hour show just talking about probably getting up done talking with dinosaurs. Hey, you know what? We did two cards and we're still sitting at under an hour and twenty minutes. That's Doing good. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty fucking good. And, and especially like with with uh, the way that we wanted to go, because we were doing two hours there for a while, and it was basically something that we were able to cut down shortly thereafter to an hour and a half. So we were able to cut out a lot of that, like uh, other just nonsense that we were talking about, I guess, during the breakdowns and previews and that. And I think that you know keeping the cards low or a little under an hour and a half is a is perfect. Well, and even breaking them up, like like we we're saying, like we might do like an hour podcast here, then a half hour, then a twenty. Like you just just break things up, and it just it doesn't get dull after a while. Exactly, and and there's still a pretty good chance that there's still going to be some long podcasts between you and I because when things start oh, getting going and we have like some really good things to talk about, especially when we get back into doing or doing things earlier in the week, so stuff from the fights is way more fresh. Which yep, is a, yep. another reason why we we've talked about breaking it up so that we're not waiting all the way till Thursday to talk about a fight that already happened and you've heard seventy five different podcasts talk about. So try to get you that stuff earlier so it's a lot more fresh in our mind, and then use Thursday nights for the card previews. And since we got a bunch of weeks coming up where there's no cards, you know we'll get some fun topics or maybe we'll just get a get a guest call Blake. We got a big fight coming up with with Mayweather and McGregor, so we got to fill in that stretch. We'll get Blake back on, you know, Kyle, maybe even fucking Keith. Who knows? I don't, I don't know if I can deal with you and Keith together. <laughs> yeah, I love every time Keith is mentioned, like someone always has to point out, or I guess even if I mentioned, someone points out, no, please no. You two are a match made in hell <laughs> for anybody. Besides the two of you, you and fucking right. you and goddamn Shillin are the fucking match made in hell. He <laughs> he he's like your evil doppelganger. Like you both, like the the knowledge thing is the same, but Keith is a dick, <laughs> and I've got fucking right. and I've got goddamn messages to prove it. Keith is a <laughs> dick, <laughs> but <laughs> where you are very polite about things and and tactful keith will just attack you and tell you to go fuck yourself and yeah, then he'll exactly. beat you I down morally I, I just play those mind games you know like i might throw out a sentence like you know I'm, this podcast is boring like all we do is talk about breakdowns and previews like the community needs more than that 
You know, you throw a sentence like that, and you have like an epic insult. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get one in. <laughs> I'm not mad at you for it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, on that note, let's get into fucking final thoughts and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, Go uh, ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, give it a happy retirement to uh, to Vladimir Klitschko hanging him up today. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see the Joshua rematch, but still, I mean, easily top five heavyweight of all time, probably. I mean, record stands alone the losses are for the most part like just like very legitimate like he was a standout heavyweight for such a long time and it's unfortunate for him that he was dominating at a time when boxing was dying off in the U- uh, in the USA and was thriving in Europe and he didn't become a big enough name i feel like he should have been well said I apologize when you listen back because I started the music a little early and I should have let you go on your bloody minute. Oh, I mean, oh, so I apologize, <laughs> but I did I did take it down so that you could finish making your well said point about Vladimir Klitschko. So yeah, happy retirement to Vladimir. He was a combative warrior. I'm not a big boxing fan, so I'm not gonna pretend like I I know, but I know things that. Klitschko was was always putting on good fights and was an animal. So, oh well. Final thoughts for me. Getting out of here. You know. Um, thank you guys, the listeners, for continuing to stick around with us. Again, for all your uh, your supportive words and you know good ratings and some of the new likes and new listeners and stuff. Welcome. Uh, we're trying. I'm still continuing to try to to get the sound to where it's supposed to be and what what the quality is used to so bear with me as i kind of dial things in because again if you don't know we scrambled and i pulled together pieces thanks to my good friend hank um uh, helping us out and getting me aboard and you know some other people coming along the way and helping out with things as well so things will get better we're going to keep dialing it in and uh so but thank you guys as always for for tuning in Thank you to the MMA Takeover and Keith. Shout-outs to Blake at the Loaded Joe's MMA Podcast. If you're not already listening, I don't know what the hell you're doing here because you should be listening to that first. And uh, shout-outs to Kyle at Loudmouth MMA. Go listen to his podcast as well because sometimes I go on stuff like the Fight Companions that I'm sure him and Zach are doing which are always fun and everybody gets drunk and has a good time. So yeah, not bad for our first time doing it as a duo, Ryan. Not bad at all. I think we're going to have some fun in the next little while, especially when we slowly fall into the, of the, of our our game plan of just putting out the content a certain way. Yeah. And once we get, Uh, get our groove completely, you know, I mean, we're used to bouncing off each other, but we're also used to having, that third person there that you're waiting on for speaking and, and stuff like that and trying to balance in time with. So, you know, it just like when, when he and I took just me and him from Everett, it took a minute, but we, we fell into our groove right away. You and I will fall into our groove and it, it'll be no problem at all. Yeah. There, yeah, there's no doubt that, uh, 
we're not giving up on this project anytime soon. So unfortunately for the listeners, we're going to be here for a while. Oh yeah, man. There's no way we're letting this baby go. We've, we've worked too hard and come too far and uh, happy one year anniversary, my friend. Cheers. Thank you very much. Here's too many more. Absolutely. So on that note for Ryan Dempsey, I am Jeff Shanahan. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show.